Uh, good morning, Christ Point. Our text for this morning is from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 16. We're continuing our series uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is speaking to the crowds, and he says uh, to them and to us, and when you fast, uh, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Uh, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, fasting is a, a lost uh, spiritual practice. It is like that sock you put in the washer only uh, to never be seen or heard from again. Uh, when I say that fasting is a lost spiritual practice, what I mean by that is that we just don't practice it. <laughs> uh, if I were to uh, survey uh, the audience this morning and ask you how many times uh, you regularly fast, it might be uh, somewhat alarming uh, to find out what uh, we might see, not just out here, uh, but from yours truly as well. Uh, and yet, uh, when Jesus is speaking to the crowds, he reminds them that fasting is part of our spiritual uh, life. It is not simply reserved for spiritual elites. It's not the uh, special uh, forces of the Christian life who fast. It is uh, everyday followers of Jesus, people like you and people like me. And so this morning... Uh, I want us uh, to look and see what the Bible teaches us about fasting. And just so you know, at the end, uh, I'm going to encourage you to fast. Just so don't be surprised when it comes. All right, so I want to take a step back and I want us to look not just primarily at this passage from Matthew chapter 6, but I want us to look at all of Scripture. What does the Bible teach us about fasting? And then uh, we're going to try to apply uh, these words to our lives. You guys, we good? Fantastic. So first, a definition. What is fasting? What does it mean to fast? I love the definition provided by author David Mathis. He says, fasting is an exceptional measure designed to channel and express our desire for God and our holy discontent in a fallen world. It is for those who want more of God's grace and for those who truly uh, feel desperate for God. Uh, Donald Whitney, in his uh, classic work, said that fasting can be an expression of finding your greatest pleasure and enjoyment uh, from life in God. My definition is this. I don't know if it's any good, but it's mine. Uh, fasting is intentionally going without uh, for the purpose of going to God. Uh, fasting is intentionally going without uh, for the purpose of going to God. Fasting is a spiritual uh, exercise. It's a spiritual exercise. We're not talking about fasting for the sake of losing five to 10 pounds before we hit the beach this summer. That's a different thing. We're not talking about the benefits of intermittent fasting and whether or not we should fast for 12 hours and eat in a 12-hour window or eight-hour window or four-hour window. That's, that's for your nutritionist and for your doctor. Uh, we are talking about spiritual uh, fasting this morning. In the Bible, we read about all sorts of different kinds of fasts. 
Uh, We read about personal fast and communal fast, public and private, congregational and national, regular, occasional, partial, absolute, uh, you name it, and you might be able to find it. There's all sorts of fast uh, that we read about uh, in the Bible. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great uh, preacher, said fasting should really uh, be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. And so he argues that we can fast uh, from lots of different things, not only fasting from food. And yet, uh, more often than not, in Scripture, when we read about fasting, uh, people are fasting uh, from uh, food. Uh, Fasting is choosing to go without food for a special period of time in view of some uh, specific spiritual purpose. And so why... (laughs) Why would we do that? Because I don't know about you, but I like food. I like food. I like to eat. When I don't eat, I get angry. I'm like the Joe Pesci in the Snickers commercials. Like, I like like food. And so why would we live in such a way that we intentionally say no to food for a period of time? Why do we do that as followers of Jesus? Uh, The Bible teaches us all, all sorts of different reasons. Fasting is mentioned Uh, Over 30 times in the Bible, sometimes people fast for uh, seeking God's guidance or expressing grief or seeking deliverance or protection. There's all kinds of different reasons, but I want to focus on three reasons this morning. Uh, The first reason that people fast is in response to a significant spiritual event that has taken place uh, in their life. We read about the story of Moses in Exodus uh, chapter 34 when he experiences a 40-day fast. He's met with God, and he responds uh, to God moving and acting in his life uh, with a fast. Uh, We read the Old Testament character Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, where God reveals himself to Elijah on on Mount Carmel, and he responds with a 40-day fast. Uh, We see this in the life of Jesus, our Savior, right? He meets with with his Father, and he uh, responds with a 40-day fast. It's recorded for us in Luke chapter 4. And so fasting is a way that God's people uh, responded to the work of God. Fasting was not a way that people try to twist the arm of God, to try to get something from God. Uh, Fasting isn't done by people because uh, they believe that God is sleeping on the job and they want to wake him up uh, by foregoing food. Uh, Fasting oftentimes is something that Uh, that people do when God has moved in their lives in a significant way, and so people respond with a fast. Isn't that interesting? It's it's fascinating to me. Like, have you ever ever done that before? Like, have you ever had this experience where God's moved in your heart and in your life in such a significant way uh, that your response was, "I, I just have to fast? Like, I I have to go without. You see God's hand in a practical, in a tangible way, and you don't know what else to do. And so you respond by fasting. I really wanted a cool story about a time when I did that, but I couldn't think of one. Uh, And and yet, we read times in Scripture where, where, where God moves in a significant way, and people respond. Uh, by going without, by fasting. A second time that people fast is in response uh, to sin that uh, has been revealed in our own hearts and in our lives. Uh, we, we see this with individuals. We, t- we see this amongst nations. I'm reminded of the story of Jonah. Remember Jonah chapter 3, God had told 
uh, Jonah to go to the Ninevites. Jonah was like, no, I'm not going to do that. God encourages him in a strong sort of way. No, no, uh, you're, you're going to go and you're going to tell them uh, what's going to happen. And so Jonah does it. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Uh, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. And verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And so, so people hear the word of the Lord. They, they see, at least in part, their own brokenness or their own sin. And so they, they call a, a nationwide fast. And can you imagine that? If we... Look at the brokenness, not just out here, but in here. And we're, and we're so moved by that that we just cry out to God. We say, we say no for a spiritual purpose of saying yes to God. Joel chapter 2, verse 12, Yet even now declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. God's people had run from him. They were rebellious. And God calls them back. And, and God says to them, um, return to me with all your heart and fast, weep and mourn. And, and know that I'm, that I'm gracious and, and I'm kind. Like, know my character. And so there's these times in the Bible when, when people are confronted with their own sin, with their own brokenness, and they're so moved by it that, that their first inclination or response isn't to um, try to avoid getting in trouble. It's not um, trying to avoid consequences for what they've said or done. Instead, their heart is so sensitive and, and broken before the Lord that they fast. Have you ever done that before? Like, have you done that before? Where, where sin in your heart or in your life has been exposed, maybe by a trusted friend, maybe by a spouse, maybe by someone you know and love. They've kind of called you out, and it stings a little bit. Um, but but you, you respond with a humble heart and, and you go before the Lord and, and you fast. There are times in the Bible when people uh, will fast because they've experienced a significant spiritual moment with God. There's times when people fast because their, their own sin has been revealed to them and they're so heartbroken over it that, that they fast. Not to not to appease God, not to do penance with God, not to try to earn his favor somehow again, but, but just because they're broken over their own sin. Those, those are two reasons that people fast. The third reason that we read about uh, in the Bible is, is that people fast in response to a tragedy in our world. 
something horrible happens in the world. Something horrible happens in your neighborhood or your community or the world. And you're heartbroken. Right? And so you, you cry out to the, to the Lord and you fast. There's an amazing psalm, Psalm 35. It's a psalm of David, where David is crying out to the Lord and he's crying out to God, asking that God would be just and that God would discipline his enemies. Listen to how David speaks about his enemies in Psalm 35. He says, contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise for my help. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let, uh, let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek after my life. Let them be turned back and disappointed who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them away. Let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. And so this is David, and he's praying to the Lord that the Lord would fight against his enemy. This is honest, it's open, it's raw. David is going, all right, Lord, you, you see what they're doing. Do something about it. But what's fascinating to me is later in that psalm, in Psalm 35, listen to how David responds uh, to his enemy. It says in verse 13, but I, when they were sick, his enemy. I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my chest. I went about as though I grieved for my friend and my brother. As one who laments his mother, I bowed down in mourning. Isn't that amazing? Like on, on one hand, David is crying out to the Lord that, that he would plead his cause, that he would fight those who fight against him. And yet on the other hand, David was so spiritually sensitive in his own heart that he fasted for them. It amazes me. Do you, you ever look at the brokenness of the world and respond with a fast? I mean, like you, I've watched the events of the last week, week and a half, between Ukraine and Russia, and navigated through that and, and watched, I mean, live, as that war is being fought. I've thought, maybe like you, well, that's, I mean, that's a shame. Isn't that tragic? That's unfortunate. Like I've, I've used lots of words to describe it or to explain it. I haven't done this. No, no one's looked at me at home and said, Dad, I've noticed you haven't eaten in a while. I, I haven't said, I'm, like, I'm just, I'm so broken over this that I'm, I'm going without and I'm going to God. Dave, David did that. He did that. People fast for lots of different reasons. They fast when, when God moves significantly in their hearts and in their lives. They, they fast when, when someone is broken over their own sin. We see people fast when they're, when they're just broken by the world around them. 
So, so when do we fast? When do we fast? There was a conversation that, that took place in Matthew chapter 9. Uh, it, it begins in verse 14. I want to read it to you. It says, the disciples of John came to him, Jesus, saying, uh, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? They're telling Jesus, why aren't your disciples fasting? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Well, Jesus has been taken away. Right? So his followers fast. And there is a time for feasting, and there is a time for feasting in the Christian life. But there's also a time for fasting. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus spoke to the crowds in Matthew chapter 16, he said, and when you fast, and when you fast, later in verse 17, but when you fast, like there was just this assumption and expectation that followers of Jesus would actually do that. Isn't that amazing? It's funny, a couple passage, passages previously when we read about a giving to the poor, when the Bible says, when you give, to those in need or when you give to the poor. And we read that and we go, well, of course we give to the poor. Like that's just, I mean, that's what believers do. That's what Christians do. That's what followers of Jesus do. It's, it's expected. We don't look at that and go, no, that's not for me. B Billy did a great job last week talking about prayer, the disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer. And it says, when you pray. And we read that and we go, well, of course. Like, we, like we're a praying people. We're followers of Jesus. Of course we pray. But then we come to this, and it's like, when you fast. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, I, don't know. I mean, that's for someone else. No, it's not. It's for you. And it's for me. Is this what God uh, has, has called us to? And so I want, I mean, I just read, like, personally, I read passages like this, and I'm like, James is... Is this a, a regular rhythm in your life? Like, can I, can I look at times in my life where I've stopped, where I've, I've pushed pause on consuming? I've felt hunger, discomfort, and, and I've used that to, to draw my, my affection or my attention or my heart to the Lord. Like, are, are there times when I've, when I've skipped lunch or skipped dinner and felt uncomfortable enough to go, God, I, I really need you, and I'm really distracted by a lot of things in life. I'm distracted by a lot of lesser things. And, and I need you to do a work in my heart and in my life so that my focus would be upon you. That's what Jesus is calling his followers to. He, he's saying that, that this should mark uh, our, our lives. Um, how, how do we fast? Right? How, how do we do it? We talked about what it is. We talked about you know, reasons that, that people fast. Uh, we should fast, but how do we do it? Well, Jesus gives us instructions in Matthew 6. Uh, verse 16, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, 
but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. But the point here is not that we should keep our fast a secret at all costs, or if someone finds out that we're fasting, that somehow it doesn't count or we're disqualified. Um, the point is, is that this is something that uh, we shouldn't go out of our way uh, to advertise to a watching world. Right? You don't need to post your fast on Facebook Live. Right? It's been 30 minutes. I'm famished. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Right? Like we, don't have to, we don't have to do that. Right? Jesus is saying when you give, you don't have to blow a trumpet. When you pray, you don't have to do it to show off. And when you fast, you can keep it close to the vest. Right? It can be something that you do between you and the Lord. Like, like, God, I'm moved here. I want you to do a work in my heart and in my life. Right? That, that's, that's the point that Jesus is trying to make here. Not just this passage, but other passages as well. That there is a, a component to the Christian life or an aspect of the Christian life where it is between us and the Lord. And maybe no one else. I'm not saying we shouldn't share our faith. I'm not saying that there are not times where we don't let people see our, our good works, or our good deeds, so that they might glorify our Father in heaven. We do that. I'm saying the Christian life isn't a big show. There, there are times when we make decisions and we do spiritual things and nobody knows about it. And that's okay. So how do we respond? Jesus has spoken. He encourages his followers to fast. In light of what Jesus has said, uh, what do we do? Like, where do we go uh, from here? And I want to encourage us to fast. Fasting has a way of exposing uh, dark places in our hearts. It has a, a way of revealing objects or things that, um, that have a place in our lives or in our hearts where they just quite honestly don't belong. Uh, fasting is revealing uh, because fasting is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like when you skip a meal or two or three, you feel it. You ever been around someone you loved before and gone like, dude, have you had anything to eat today? Because, I mean... You're no fun to be around. Does that ever happen? I mean, it, like food sustains us. And it's good for our bodies. And so to go without it, I mean, it's significant. But oftentimes food because, becomes something that we just gravitate toward as a coping mechanism. If we're, if we're stressed, if we're depressed, if we're afraid, if we're worried, if we're bored, if we're restless, like fill in the blank, what do we do? Snack. I guess I'm just going to eat. Because there's this gravitational pull toward it. There's this fascinating verse in Philippians chapter 3. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. And he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example uh, you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Isn't that fascinating? 
Their, their God is their belly. Another way of saying that is that our desires, what we long for, what we love, oftentimes drive us. Like we, we chase after what we pursue, both good and bad. Right? And so when, when we fast, we are intentionally saying no. Maybe to something good, um, so we can focus in on the one who is better. I don't know about you, but as I thought about this the last couple of weeks, I was reminded that oftentimes I arrange my life in such a way where I can say yes to as many things as possible. Like sometimes they're small and seemingly insignificant things, and other times they're big things or important things. But, 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 I, but I do this all the time. Like I, I want to be in a position where I can say yes, whether, whether it's food, whether it's a financial purchase, whether it's a trip, whether it's a lifestyle, like fill in the blank. I want to be able to say yes. And Jesus is telling his followers, I want you to say no. I want you to say no. And I want you to say no with the intended purpose of, of having your affections and your hearts turned toward me. And so I want to encourage us to fast. Uh, maybe for you, it's skipping breakfast. It's just, one, it's just a meal. Maybe it's a lunch. Maybe, maybe it's stepping back and in, in intentionally not eating that meal and instead opening up the word. Maybe it's in the quietness of, of your own home of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go down to the refrigerator right now or the pantry right now, but I'm, I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to acknowledge to the Lord my hunger. And maybe I'm going to acknowledge to him my hunger for other things other than him. Maybe you're here this morning and God's done like a really good and beautiful work in your life. You didn't necessarily meet God on a mountaintop like Moses, but like you look back and you go, oh, I see the Lord's hand there. I, I prayed and God answered my prayer. God provided in an unexpected way. God's hand led me here and I didn't even see it coming. Maybe God's calling you this morning in response to that to actually fast and go before him and give him thanks. Maybe there's, this morning there's something in your heart or in your life that has a hold on you, some besetting sin that, that just seems to stick around and you can't shake it. You know it's there. Others notice. You notice. You know. Maybe in response to that, instead of going, man, I'm really going to do better next time or I promise it won't happen again. Maybe you go before the Lord with a broken heart and, and you just say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to some things right now because I want to say yes to you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you, you, you look at the brokenness in, in the world around you and um, like it's just front and center. Okay. I think oftentimes we live our lives to, to try to distance ourselves from the brokenness. 
uh, to, to close our eyes, plug, up, plug our ears, and go, ah. But like you just, you just see it. It's, it's all around you. And maybe this morning God's calling us to, to respond not by getting on social media and looking for more articles, but just going before him with a, a broken heart and saying, God, like, do your work. Like, show up. Bring peace. Be just. Move. Act. You don't have to advertise it. You don't have to tell your friends about it. You don't have to post it on the Christ Point Facebook page. Jesus calls us to it. He, he wants us to be, this to be a part of our lives. And I pray by God's grace uh, that it would. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, I, I really do uh, believe that there are, are certain spiritual practices uh, that you call us to that are good for the soul. There's a reason that you call us to this particular way of life. There's a reason that you paint a picture of life in your kingdom as uh, filled with uh, people who uh, say no uh, to maybe some good things around them so that they might intentionally uh, say, say yes to you. And so I pray this morning uh, for your people. Lord, I, I don't know what's going through uh, the hearts and lives of each and every person here. Uh, but, but I have to imagine in walking through your word this morning that there's times where, where your folks thought, oh, that's, I've been there before. Um, that's me. I need that. I need to hear that. I need to do that. And so I pray by the power of your spirit that you would work uh, in us this morning. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for, uh, for loving us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.